Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Melvin, and where's the chapstick? Welcome to Cinematic Doctrine, a Christian movie podcast where we sit at the table of cinema and eat. Tonight we'll be dining on Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, directed by Joss Whedon. Featuring Neil Patrick Harris, Nathan Fillion, and Felicia Day, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog comes across as a borderline no-budget production put together by a bunch of friends. From goofy costumes to small set pieces, what's lacking in production value is enhanced by immense creativity. From clever dialogue to simply charming music numbers, Dr. Horribles is well aware of its restrictions, yet doesn't find them limiting at all. Rather, it embraces them in the most peculiar of ways, most of which is its mode of release. Launched over the course of a week in three acts, the movie was independently shared to the world in a way that hadn't been widely popularized in 2008. The internet. That's a whole story in its own, but let's get on with the synopsis beforehand. Dr. Horrible is an aspiring villain seeking to join the prestigious Evil League of Evil. But even villains are pegged for unrequited love. And he struggles to balance his pursuit of the young woman, Penny, while also trying to terrorize the city. Yet things are often complicated by his nemesis, Captain Hammer, and soon he begins to interfere with more than Dr. Horrible bargained for. Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog is rated TVPG. There's light cursing along with a slur regarding mental handicap that is actually quite surprising. They'll likely use primarily to rhyme within the lyric. There's also light, pervasive, crude humor from a singular character that is an icon of male chauvinistic attitudes and some violence. Travel back with me to the wonderful world of 2007. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows released. Articles were being written about the Tesla Roadster igniting the beginning of the end of the motor vehicle. And Transformers was vomited onto the theater screen and made a disgusting $709 million at the box office, spawning a multi-billion franchise. On second thought, let's make it quick and get out of 2007. Oh, oh, look here we are. It's the end of 2007. And what's this? The Writers Guild is on strike? Uh, oh, that's right. Every three years, the Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers negotiate a new contract regarding the payment of scriptwriters and their work. This includes payment for specific scripts as well as royalties. The way 2007 was going, things weren't really looking too good for the writers, and predicting the impact that digital distribution would have on the market, including streaming and direct purchases, the Guild protested via strike that the writers receive a higher percentage per digital sale. Now, while this is happening, Joss Whedon and his friends were concocting an idea to show to the Alliance that, with the use of the internet, writers could pursue independent ventures with incredible ease. Thus was born Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, a small project created not only by a bunch of friends goofing off, but for the purpose of corporate backstabbing. Of course, it wasn't that malicious, and the strike ended before they could even complete Dr. Horrible's anyway. But there was a lot of truth to what Whedon and company were trying to do. 2007 was a wild year, and video-based content was being consumed in an entirely new way, and at a rapid pace, with the likes of YouTube. And as their partner program had just started... It was now possible for users to make money on YouTube. And if that wasn't enough of a throwback, remember this is the same year as Potter Puppet Pals, Chocolate Rain, Charlie Bit Me, 
But Dr. Horribles is a very different kind of production to those mentioned prior. It's a full-on, start-to-finish professional production with a shoestring budget containing creativity ready to convince you it's on par with the big leagues. It's a film, through and through. There isn't any other way to swing it, and that's one part of its magic that really helps to bring the viewer in. The massive do-it-yourself style of the film gives it an overwhelming sense of character. But that's ignoring the really, really clever dialogue delivered not by one, but two absolutely wonderful physical actors. Harris and Fillion really get into character, and you can just tell they're loving it. It's not just a fun thing they're doing to kill time with friends either, it's a real passion project for them. And that's not to undermine Felicia Day, who sings wonderfully alongside her two co-stars, playing a nice foil to both their antics, lyrics, and vocals. In fact, Felicia Day is credited by Whedon as being a huge inspiration for the way in which Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog was made and released. She had previously worked on a web series called The Guild, and even introduced the team to Twitter at the time of production, which is kind of wild to think about. I also think there's something to take away from the story, too. Other than including some bombastic humor and 14 original numbers, there's a little more nuance within the runtime of Dr. Horrible's. Apart from the obvious, which I can't get into without spoiling, there's a sort of light commentary on incel culture roughly a decade before its pervasive presence became a detriment to pop culture, or culture in general. For those who don't know, incel stands for involuntary celibate, and is commonly denoted to men who have little interest in caring for women but simply acquiring them as property or already practicing it with their unrequited attitude for them. It's the equivalent of looking at a plate of cookies and getting mad at someone for taking the cookie you already decided was yours despite never reaching out for it. The reality is that the cookie was never yours to begin with, and as this metaphor falls apart, as all metaphors do, just imagine that this cookie also has a mind of its own and its own choices to make, and if it wants to be enjoyed by someone else, then it has the right to do so. And while it may not seem immediately present, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog has this strange yet present tension between two types of men, Dr. Horrible and Captain Hammer. I mean, anyone could go, Melvin, you said you weren't going to talk obvious stuff. And yeah, sure, duh. Dr. Horrible is the shy, timid type that feels he has something to prove, and Captain Hammer is the chauvinistic meat sack beefhead Adonis-like male. Yet this time around, despite remaining sympathetic with Dr. Horrible throughout the story, I did find that he was more than just the opposite to Captain Hammer. He was also a subtle equal in his possessive attitude toward Penny, although this was from a distance. And that's not to say that Penny is some sort of manic pixie dream girl, because she isn't treated like a character that will fix all of Dr. Horrible's problems. In fact, Penny has her own virtues and hopes that, in a way, are incompatible with Dr. Horrible's own ventures. Maybe I'm delusional. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I just stepped away from this film feeling like it was written by someone who was aware of the commonality between a misogynistic beefcake and an incel shy guy. Someone who wanted to tell a fun, goofy, exciting, and crafty story, but also wanted to get into the thick of some stuff he's seen or experienced. But I digress. I could just be crazy. But if you want to hear something that's really crazy, Joss Whedon said he's made more money from Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog than he did from the first Avengers film. Now that's crazy. And with that, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you've seen Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, what did you think of it? Did you think it was speaking a bit to incel culture as well, or just found it a good romp of high emotions and funny gags? Either way, feel free to reach out to cinematicdoctrine at gmail.com or check me out on Facebook at Cinematic Doctrine. And if you'd like to see my rating for this film or others, check out my letterbox at Paraturtle, where I'll also have a list of all the films we've covered on Cinematic Doctrine with a direct Spotify link to those episodes. I also enjoy writing from time to time, so if you'd like to read some of my stories or any of my works in progress, check me out on Wattpad at Paraturtle. 
All of this will be available in the description if you so need it. Next time I'll be covering Rob Letterman's Pokemon, Detective Pikachu. Until then, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck! We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.